Hello, everybody. Hello, 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 hello. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Beyond a Thought Podcast, where we're talking about issues you're probably thinking about. My name is Lynette. And my name is Z. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Welcome uh, to another episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for listening. Um, and all the good stuff, um, your feedback, all of that. Um, and yeah, just for being here and for taking the time to listen. Because sometimes, I mean, sometimes it could be a full hour. Sometimes it could be 30 minutes. But just knowing that you guys find value in what we're saying. Of your time to to listen. We've seen the the listens go up, so which is great. So thank you again. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so today uh, we have we ha- we're starting a new se- series. Yeah, that's what we're gonna call it. We're starting a new series on money because uh, that's a hot topic. Ka-ching! Uh, ka-ching! <laughs> you know, and and I think everybody has their their outlooks on money and how they deal with money where those those outlooks are coming from how they they got to how they manage their money all the good stuff about money um budgeting and whatnot so we want to start a conversation about money where we z and i um got our mindsets and how we see money and how um we've cultivated um our our, our 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 frameworks around money so that's the the framework of this this podcast episode just to talk just to kind of get the ground set the ground for the the conversations that are going to follow so yeah so money 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 yeah you have anything and, to yeah absolutely and i think it's a one of the reasons why we wanted to talk about money is because like at least you know in the black community i want to say even the christian community we don't really talk about money like that you know what I mean? Like in one of the episodes, Stephanie was talking about her coworker, uh, when her coworker asked her about, I think it was a bonus or something like that. Yes, 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 yes. You know, mm-hmm. and then the coworker didn't want to share what her bonus was. It's like, it's one of these things where you don't, you don't talk about your salary. You don't talk mm-hmm. about how much you're earning or your bonuses. You don't talk, you know, and it's really interesting because especially even in the African community, it's like you have a house, or you buy a house and somebody says, oh, how much did you buy your house for? Even answering that question is so uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, it's like, why do you want to know how much I spent? Well, it's kind of like, I can really go online. Yeah. <laughs> so and- if you have a new build, I can really just do the research. Yeah. But anyways, that's besides the point. Like, we just don't talk about it. And um, I used to work for a bank and I used to work for a nonprofit that dealt with debt and income and money. And one of the challenges that the black community faces is the fact that we are entrenched in so much debt. We don't want to talk about how we got there. We don't want to talk about how to, we don't want to look up for help, you know, um, on terms of how to get out of debt, you know. So having this conversation, I think is really important to kind of like liberate people to, you know, have these conversations, like especially if you're in the workplace, and I'm rambling, but we'll begin to, especially if you're in a workplace and then you have coworkers. And especially because there's this pay, pay gap, you know, like when, you know, feminists always talk about uh, equal pay for men and women and stuff. The yeah. only reason they would have known that there was a pay gap is if somebody had actually said how much they're earning. That's true. To find out that, oh, actually, you know, but without talking about it, you, you just be left in the dark. 
so I think it's really important that we have these conversations yeah. about money so that we can get our foot ahead. Like, you know, it's it's frustrating when we see all the other communities are making headways in terms of their finances and building equity and building wealth. And then in the black community, we're still struggling to get there. And I think one of the main issues why is because of this secrecy surrounding the conversation about money. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my opinion, but I, think, I don't know. What do you think about that? I, I, I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. But I think obviously like the secrecy um, also comes from, and then we'll talk about it a little bit mm-hmm. here, that it, it comes from, you know, how we've been socialized around money and 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 you you alluded to it um because mm-hmm. in the african community and i'm speaking for myself there's always mm-hmm. the, there's this uh mantra around it like don't don't um don't tell other people how, how much you make or whatever because mm-hmm. it's confident well one is like i don't think they use the exact words like it's confidential but it's like oh somebody I don't know, do do do, or like, <laughs> or, or they'll be jealous. Or they'll they'll do be jealous. Or, you know, yeah. They, yeah. They, they'll be jealous about about what you make and all of that. Or there's an other, another aspect of of if the, if they know how much you make now, especially for people that are abroad. If people back home know how much you make, <laughs> then they will bring all their problems. They want to start a business. That's exactly <laughs> it, right? So every somebody might ask you, will will think, oh, then that that's a segue for me to ask you for money because you mm-hmm. you make this much. Not taking into consideration that you have a family, you have bills to pay, you have this. Like money doesn't grow on trees, right? right? So I think all of those have kind of shaped, and, and I'm speaking for like the African community, like how i grew up and all of that mm-hmm. just that that rhetoric around it kind of mm-hmm. makes people hesitant mm-hmm. to to divulge that kind of information because if you if you now if you ballpark it really low people will now say ah, ah oh you two you're you're struggling just like me so <laughs> just like in real life is like actually no i'm not but you know <laughs> Actually, I'm not, but I just don't want to tell you because yeah. because then now it gives you it gives you this alley to come and ask me for money, you know, and that's mm-hmm. and that's the reality of it, right? Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of, there's, a, there's a lot of that rhetoric out there. So mm-hmm. to add mm-hmm. to what you were saying, <laughs> no, I agree, I agree. So so I like to call this like money story, not I, but like in the financial community, like when I used to when I used to work for a nonprofit called Credit Counseling Society, mm-hmm. and side note it's not a plug for the organization i just used to work there okay i don't work there anymore but i used to and one of the things i really liked about the organization is that it helps people get out of debt number one um but before it helps people get out of debt they ask you like okay tell me your story surrounding money okay okay what what happened that brought you into debt Mm -hmm. and so then the person goes into okay well you know what kind of debt do they have? Like, I grew up poor, and so when I had to go to university, I took out a student loan. Or international students, when they have lots of debt, why do you have lots of debt? Oh, well, I was approached by MBNA, <laughs> is the big one. And they gave me a free credit card, and I didn't know what it meant, those lack of education surrounding that, that sort of thing. So that's a good money story. So Lynette, what's your money story? How were you brought up thinking about money? And what are some of the major things that happened in your life concerning money kind of thing so 
Um, growing up, I don't think. Growing up, when I was much younger, I don't think we were. We thought of money as, I don't know, something, something to hoard, right? It was, it was, it it was kind of, it wasn't really talked about, but we also didn't. We being like my brother and I, or, or how we grew up, we didn't really. We weren't really um, like we were given. We were given allowances at some point, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't like oh you have to earn the money or like we weren't taught like you have to earn your money or it was more like mommy mom and dad had the money mm-hmm. and if you want something just go ask mom and dad mm-hmm. get you mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. and I don't think it it, 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 it we didn't we at, at such a young age we didn't say oh I I want to earn my own money it was just like oh mom and dad have money go ask money mom and dad for money I think until mm-hmm. we started working um, we started working later on because when we came back when I came back to Canada I was like 20 or 21 mm-hmm. so I, um, I had I had started working a little bit before I went to Ghana but then when I came back I I started working later on so like 2021 I started like really working and then I started getting my own money um, but I still didn't see it as this is mine and I have to hoard. maybe uh, maybe I'm lying maybe like when I started making my own money it was just like okay this is this is mine uh my money and I have gotten it now but it wasn't like oh I'm not gonna buy something for the house or I'm not gonna contribute to the house it was just I have money and it's mine but I can also I can also help out with the with the house like mm-hmm. groceries whatever or snacks for myself or whatever um, but one, I think one of the very pivotal moments in my money story is when we came, when I came back from Ghana, mm-hmm. my dad took us to the bank to get my first credit card. Mm. And this was like, tw- again, like 2021. This is when I just got my first credit card and my dad mm-hmm. does not like debt. Mm-hmm. My dad, oh my gosh, like he doesn't, and my mom too, my, my stepmom too, does not like debt at all. Mm-hmm. So one thing that I can remember it like it was yesterday, he was like, this is your credit card. Do not use it if you don't have money to pay it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he even went as far as saying like, if you don't pay your credit card, the credit union is going to come knocking at the door (laughs) you will have to pay they will chase you down it was like it's right now like instilled the fear of god the fear of god with with this credit card you will have to if you if you use 20 bucks on it make sure you have 20 bucks to pay it Mm -hmm. use it to 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 build your credit because I didn't understand what building credit was at that time too is use mm-hmm. it to build your credit mm-hmm. but have the money to pay for it it is not mm-hmm. free money mm-hmm. <laughs> this is not free money that's awesome so, oh my goodness <laughs> I can remember it so clearly so Junior and I he, he told it to both of us my brother and I we never not uh, you get a month to pay credit card we would pay it within the week because mm-hmm. we were we were fearful of anybody chasing us down for money 
so I remember going to 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 school one time and then when I right in the beginning when I had just gotten my credit card and some girl was talking about how she has five thousand dollars on her credit card unpaid and I was like how <laughs> I was so confused I was like what are you still here and they haven't caught you they haven't caught you like I was so I was so confused. I was genuinely confused. I was like, how do you have $5,000 on your credit card? What? Like, do you not pay? Do you not pay it? Do you just use it and not pay? Do you have a credit? Do you have a limit? And I think at that time, my limit was, uh, because it was so, it was, it was just my first one. My limit was $500. And I use that credit card, like, I used it and I would pay for it. I used it and I would pay for it. And I just, I would, I would love to see zero, zero, 0.00 on my credit card. Yeah. (laughs) It was glorious to me. So I think that was a very, that's, that was a very profound time in my, in my mind. So even now, Mm -hmm. like I'm constantly making sure that there's nothing on my credit card, just making sure that if I don't, and and Tony's like that too. Like I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. glad that he's also like that. He's, he's, in that sense he's just like because he's an international student he doesn't want he they don't y'all don't like like that (laughs) so well um, a lot of us don't but my i was (laughs) i'll tell you about that later um he is like that so if you don't have the money to pay this credit card like we're not using the credit card basically right Mm -hmm. so it's i think i've gotten a little more lenient later on now because i Mm -hmm. know that um, like you know, there's all these credit cards out there. Like you get points or whatever. So I want to use my, I always use my credit card to get points or get money back or whatever. But that really, I think it really helped me, and I thank my, I thank my dad for it all the time because it really helped me. Sh- it, it really helped shape the way I think of money and mm-hmm. you know when and when not to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so I think that is that's the distinct thing when it comes to money for me right now it's not as as stringent but it really has shaped the way i think about money yeah he really like that's honestly like kudos to your dad for doing that Mm -hmm. though because that's like that's the basic foundation of just setting yourself up well financially right it's that whatever you whatever you use pay it back if you don't have money for it don't use it don't, essentially don't buy it um but that's like basics like and i think once you get that like then you can start to play around with okay because yes. i don't think that all debt is bad i think you use especially like in north america in this western this culture where it's like you can use debt to leverage you can leverage debt oh, yes. to get what you want yes. and yes. you know so at least that the basics of it you know and then it sets up your your your, your discipline like your financial discipline Absolutely. in order to then leverage debt to get what you need Right. But if you don't have that financial discipline that you're like, oh, I'm trying to buy this, trying to buy you're that, oh, you'll get free sale, money. Swipe, swipe, swipe. <laughs> my story was exactly that. I was just like, oh, you know, cool. A credit card? I have no clue what it is. They told me I could spend right. five thousand, and five thousand I spent <laughs> wow. without even having an idea. But to backtrack, so for me. My parents, it was pretty much the same situation as you. Um, money was not in the bank. It was with my parents, <laughs> you know? So I'd be like, I need something. I'd go to my parents. I didn't have any concept of 
working hard for money. And that's, I think that's one of the issues as well is the fact that because at least that generation now, we're changing more, we're, we're being more open to talk about money, but that generation, my parents never talked to us about money, mm-hmm. you know, um, at least me, I won't say for my siblings, I don't know about them, but for me, we never had a conversation about money per se. Um, if I wanted something, I pretty much got it. Um, right. I didn't really have an idea of the value of money, which is something that I'm trying to teach my kids now because I think that that was very challenging for me because because I didn't know the value of money. Anything that I wanted, I just got. And without thinking about, okay, is this necessary? Um, have I paid for my necessities? Because the key phrase is whatever I wanted, not necessarily needed. Right. So if like, oh, I want, um, I already have five pairs of heels, but I want a sixth one because this one is the one that just came out. You know, back in my day, Aldo was a big deal. I don't know about now, but yeah. Aldo was huge. So they'd come out with their new line of heels, whether it's hundred and hundred or fifty dollars, whether I have rent money or not. Because Aldo came out with their new pair set of heels, yeah. I wanted it, I bought it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty much like the mentality that I had, even in boarding school, like growing up as a kid, and I'm going to boarding school, we had allowance as well. But my boarding school was filled with a lot of really rich kids, like a lot of really rich kids. Like I would have maybe, you know, okay, so in Togo, they use CFA. So let's say, every week they would give us 500 CFA or $5. You know, they would have kids that they didn't even need the pocket money from the school. Their parents were giving them extra money on top of the pocket money from the school. So some kids would be having $100 a week for pocket money. And mind you, we were 12, 13, 14. Like, what are you doing with $100 a week? But, you know, that, that was just the lifestyle that they had. And there were a lot of kids like that. And so me, it was like, oh, how are they getting a hundred dollars a week? So already I was set up to be like, I want to be like these kids like a hundred dollars a week without even thinking about how. Um, so I wasn't really taught about money. I wasn't taught how to budget. Wasn't taught about saving. Um, it was pretty much just, you get money, you spend it, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, so my biggest money stories, life-changing moments at least, was when I came, when, so I came here grade 11 and 12, uni, first year uni, um, I was approached by MBNA. So MBNA, Bank of America at that time, they were giving credit cards out to students, right? Um, Frosh week, you get in, and then all of a sudden you have a, t- a guy come and approach you. And they're like, "Oh, what program are you gonna go into?" And I was, I was gonna do pre med at the time. So then they're like, "Oh, you're gonna be a doctor here. Sign up for this credit card. You get, I think it was my limit was five thousand dollars, which is oh ridiculous because you're 18 years old, and they're giving you five thousand dollars to just, spend. you know, spend." And they don't talk to you about make sure you pay it back. They don't nothing. It's just like, oh, you're gonna be a, you're gonna be a doctor here. Have five thousand dollars. I'm sure you'd be fine. No, no, no. Like okay. So I get the credit card though, and I'm like, I have five thousand dollars. I can pay it back whenever I want. So I just 
I went shopping, I bought stuff, I paid for my phone bills. And at the time, my phone bills were super high because I was making international calls on my cell phone. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, just a complete error. Ma- <laughs> error. Biggest error. <laughs> like, again, Rogers would be sending me $200 phone bills. I'm like, oh, okay. Put it on my credit card. And then I write max max my credit card. And then I was getting calls, like it was going into collections. And I was like, what? What? What do you mean? I owe this money. People might work. Oh, collections. Those people, they're ruthless. They're ruthless. ruthless. They tell you also, they'll come after you. They'll come after your house. Um, they could take you to jail. Like they're, honestly, I get it that they're doing their job, but the kind of fear that they instill in people just because they have debt. And mind you, having debt and owing money is not a crime. Yeah. Like it's, it's actually not a crime, but they'll make you feel like if you don't pay this money, you're going to jail. You know, and like working at credit counseling, I had so many people ask me like, oh, am I going to go to jail if I don't pay this credit card? Am I going to go to jail because of this debt? Because all these collection agency people are calling. I'm like, you're not going to go to jail. So people out there that think that because you have debt and you, it's a crime, it's not a crime to have debt. If that was the case, the Canada should be in jail at this point. Yeah. But anyway, that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, I, I racked up all this debt and then all these collections agencies were calling me. And then I fell on this one lady and I thank God, like the, it always just takes one person, right? So this one lady, she wasn't even a collection. I think she worked at the bank and she was like, listen, like we literally spent half an hour and I won't forget because I was at a youth conference for all nations in Toronto at the time. Mm-hmm. And they called me. So I went to the corner and she's like, can you talk? I'm like, actually, I'm at a youth conference. She's like, no, this is really important. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's more important than God, but okay. Sure. <laughs> so we'll talk about my debt and how I'm ruining my credit. And she really schooled me. She's like, listen, you're get, you're ruining your financial future. You need to start making payments. So she put me on a payment plan just to catch up because I had past due payments at this point. So every month you get your statement. I wasn't paying it because I was like, I don't have money. I'll pay for it next month. I'll pay for it next month. And then sometimes I'll be like, oh, I have $20 extra and I'll just put it on there. Meanwhile, the minimum payment is like $60. So I wasn't getting anywhere with paying off my debt. So then she like put me on a plan. Like she literally explained the whole shebang. She explained what credit means. She explained how it's like so important to have, like have good credit. Wow. all that stuff then that's when i was like oh so this is actually like a big deal right, right, right. um and then i started chipping away at that and then eventually i paid it off and you know um yeah and then at that point my credit was i would say my credit was bad by the time i was done i wasn't done paying the credit card itself but i had caught up to like my minimum payments and stuff right, right, right. and then my credit started to improve but literally like it took all these people harassing you you know when you see 1-800 numbers it's like now i can pick up confidently pick up a 1-800 number because i'm like <laughs> i don't want money so That's it. it must be somebody trying to sell me something or you know an appointment so i'll pick up but back then <laughs> 1-800 number <laughs> you're just like who's calling no one <laughs> you just hang up <laughs> So that that was that was my story into money. And the sad thing I remember is like, you know, you know, it's stressful. Like you're trying to do school, but then your people are calling you to pay them back, and then you have all this debt, and you don't want to tell your parents because even though my parents didn't talk to me about money, I couldn't ask them to send me money to pay for my credit card because they'll be like, what's what's that? Like, 
yeah, yeah. why why do you have debt we send you money every month for your stuff why are you borrowing money you know like it was it was kind of embarrassing for yeah, me yeah, yeah. so it was a very lonely situation where it's like oh my gosh so much stress and pressure and you can't talk to anybody because you're embarrassed mm. um or can't ask for help mm. so yeah so moving on from there i then i i you know money worked out well and then i started working for td mm-hmm. and that's when it opened my eyes like our community we just we just struggle let me just put it that way mm. like we struggle a lot you know and we always talk about like you know within groups and stuff like when we talk about how like the crap in the bucket mentality yes you know where it's uh, like when you're going up the crap the other the lower crowd is pulling you down they're trying to pull you down and it's 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 i feel like it's the case when it comes to money in the black community where it's like you see that somebody is making it or somehow making it and then you try to do everything like i don't i don't even know if it's conscious or subconscious where we just mess up their their hustle somehow what do you mean by that um like what do you mean by uh, subconscious yeah so so a perfect example is like i remember this couple of years ago um there was this congolese lady that opened up a shop on rideau street mm-hmm. you know and it's a big deal like if you open up something on rideau like rideau retail i mean like rental prices are high enough as it is you know so if you're able to get a spot on rideau it's a big deal mm-hmm. so she opened up a store like an african store on rideau and within i think within like three or four years she closed down you know and and from what i was hearing it was because us congolese people were talking about oh she did this she has bad quality or she did this or just really messing up her name yeah and then clientele went down and then she ended up closing so i hear allegedly i'm not going to say that exactly what happened but allegedly you know and the reason why i say subconsciously or consciously is because obviously there's some people there are some wicked people out there that are out to just mess you up you know but subconsciously in this that is it that we we judge our own harsher than we judge the next person and so let's say one time you get bad customer service right we get bad customer service everywhere yeah but because it's a black owned business and you get bad customer service then you now throw up your arms and you're like oh you see i'm never shopping back again because this place they 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 were rude on the phone this Whoa. is this and then by you spreading that around yeah. all of a sudden you you know what i mean so that's what i mean by subconsciously there's, there's so much there like there's mm-hmm. a lot there because mm-hmm. there's there's underlying things that that perpetuate that rhetoric right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so there's there's there i yes we we judge our own more than because it's just like ah is this expectation that's also in addition to that right this expectation that when you go into a black owned um whatever store or whatever they are like you mm-hmm. right you're like ah i know you or i i can i assume i know you because you're from mm-hmm. my country or you're from mm-hmm. from from africa so you should mm-hmm. treat me a certain way right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so that expectation then brings on oh you didn't treat me that way so hence you are not 
worthy of me coming to your store to mm-hmm. give you that money mm-hmm. that I have worked for because I, I know you or I, I presume to know you. You're my you're my mate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? You're mm-hmm. my mate. You're 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 somebody who I could I could have known back home. Mm-hmm. And you're supposed to treat me a certain way. Right. So then we 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 lower ourselves, we being like the, the, the general we lower ourselves to the point where we will rather go to a, a, a white owned mm-hmm. store for mm-hmm. them to treat us whatever way because we don't expect that from them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right the expectation mm-hmm. is so much lower for that that white owned store mm-hmm. because we don't expect that from them like mm-hmm. the bar is set so high and you're right the buyer the bar is set so high mm-hmm. for people within the same community that we, we we we'd rather bring that 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 person down, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. you're supposed to treat me a, a certain way, and you didn't. So now yeah. I'm going to bring you down. Yeah, yeah, and and that's terrible because then we find ourselves in the situation where, you know, when you look at, um, I think there was a study done where they were looking at how long the dollar stays in said community, mm-hmm. you know, and that meaning that like for example. Uh, in the Jewish community, they spend amongst themselves a lot. So the dollar would stay within their community for like, I don't know, I don't know how many hours. Don't quote me on this, I'll probably find a quote. But they, the Jewish community, the Chinese community, their money stays within their community the longest. And that's how you see that they thrive more, right? And then they also have community, they also have a culture, I would say culture, the Jewish community mainly, where they pass, they're constantly passing down financial knowledge to their, mm. the next generations and even when you see the Chinese community or even like the Indian community like the other day when I went to Wendy's and he was like how is it that pretty much I don't know if you noticed pretty much every Wendy's in the city yeah are owned by brown people yeah in Toronto, you know? too. In, Toronto. in Toronto too you see so it's kind of like there's an owner and he's hiring his folks and thus sharing the knowledge about mm-hmm. okay this is how you work this is whatever whatever but then with our africa and i can only speak for congo i'll always speak for congolese people because you know africa is very even though i feel like it's a general thread a log all of us let's just leave the generalized because I don't want to say I was like in Nigeria and then somebody from Nigeria come at me like, oh, well, no, like that. Yeah, actually, we all kind of are like that. Where it's like, we just have a certain level of distrust amongst us. Where it's like, I don't really trust that you're going to to to, to, to look out for me. You're going to do the right thing, especially when it comes to money. Mm. So it's like, you're starting up a business and it's like, you don't want to have, or you don't want to do business with another Congolese person because it's like there's that level of distrust and i have it too like i'm not even gonna exempt myself like i have it too where i'm like ah, i really want to start this business but i want to do it with a, another black person but i'm just scared like what if the person you know but if you were to tell me oh start it with another a chinese person or a, a brown person i'd be like yeah cool man you know let's let's go and it's unfortunate because i mean if i ask myself I'm like where did i it's almost as if it was passed down to me because I'm like, where did I even learn that I, I can't have that much trust for my own folk, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's, so, it's so interesting that you say mm-hmm. that yesterday, Tony and I were having a conversation like this. I mean, on the level of 
family, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, that 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 love that 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 distrust is 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 kind of it rears its head where you Z think I have I may have an ulterior motive mm-hmm. coming into the 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 coming into that partnership you may mm-hmm. think that I ha- may have an ulterior motive and at the same time I may think you have an ulterior motive so with that in mind mm-hmm. those concepts in mind on both ends we both have an ulterior motive right mm-hmm. so then mm-hmm. we're not meeting each other where plain and simple right yeah we're not th- I'm thinking when you're coming to the relationship you definitely have an ulterior motive so hence I also have to have an ulterior motive mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so then that, that the, the, the distrust is right from the gate mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right it's mm-hmm. right from the gate and so you are not able to contribute e- equally on the mm-hmm. same equal footing as you would like to or as you assume you want to mm-hmm, right mm-hmm, so now mm-hmm. oh if I'm doing this no Lynette has an ulterior motive and Z and then I'm Lynette also thinking Z has an ulterior motive so then the distress is just there and it's mm-hmm. looping mm-hmm. and it's it's not making you thrive yeah right? yeah so then yeah. where 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 do you how does it work how does it work if you you're constantly thinking or constantly mm-hmm. distrusting each other constantly not trusting um what comes out of you if i don't trust what comes out of your mouth thinking you've already made a plan somewhere else differently mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how does that you know so then yeah. ultimately you you'd rather do it with somebody who you don't know uh or it, you know it seems like a better people to do mm-hmm. it with right mm-hmm. and, and and i mean there sometimes there is there is truth to mm-hmm. some of these things right yeah. and i think yeah. that's where that's where it's in a way like you said sometimes it's passed down mm-hmm. because your parents may have you know been duped by somebody who they trusted mm-hmm. um to do it with because i don't know that's my cousin i want to do i want to do business with that cousin and then they rip me off mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. rip me off they've used the money for something when i trusted them going into into it i have a clear conscience going into that business thinking this is my cousin this is my brother this is my my uncle auntie mm-hmm. and they will meet me where i'm at and they i can trust them enough to to do it this way mm-hmm. right? but then it it turns out the opposite the opposite yeah right i don't know if it happens with your parents where it's like they're trying to buy a property back home and they're oh. here Oh and then they're helping somebody they're asking one of their siblings to do it and then the sibling is chopping the money and then you're like but well, where is this building where is <laughs> the building for 10 years been yeah. asking for money for cement for, mm-hmm. for for wood for this for this but when i go and i see there's nothing that has yeah. been done or I, you, I told yeah. you to go and buy a, a property somewhere you go and buy it in the marshes somewhere mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. the rainy season comes i'm sinking <laughs> it doesn't make sense yeah Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. all that distrust sometimes there is some merit to it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um so we can't discount it totally and completely and it's it's so hard because you want to trust people that are yeah. your own kind. And you really want yeah. to. Um yeah. so I guess I know I don't know we we can learn something from 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 Jewish people because mm-hmm. how are they 
How are they doing it? How are they doing it? How are they 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 coming to a place of trust? Mm-hmm. Trusting each other enough to be like, I'm looking out for my brother. Like whoever mm-hmm. you are, no, no, no. That's, that's I'm looking out for my peoples. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in that sense too, that people could argue with with that as well, thinking like, why don't you spread the, the cast the net wide mm-hmm. and just cover everybody? But you you can't. Just like the the reality of it is you have to work with somebody. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. that the 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 distrust is there so much like you said within our community our black community um that it's just so much harder to everybody is is just is not trusting each other it's so much harder to work mm-hmm. to work together each other. yeah i mean there are the exceptions like there are some people that are doing things i mean like you and i are working together hey you know <laughs> Um, yeah. But I think it's I think it's when when money gets involved that's when it becomes tricky, right? Yes. Because it's not like okay. So now, let's say like let's say you and I decide to go on a venture and we decide to purchase. I'm all about purchasing real estate. Like that's like my <laughs> like I actually dream, I dream about it. I'm like I want to purchase a whole bunch of buildings and yeah. just run them. But like it, it doesn't make sense. Like let's say for me. I wouldn't be able to afford to purchase all these buildings by myself yeah. because I don't have the financial capital to do all of that. Yeah. But the Bible is so awesome because it says when two, two are better than one, yes. one shall be a thousand, two shall be ten thousand. So just using that principle alone mm-hmm. by joining with somebody else, you'll be able to accomplish far more, right? Yes. But then it's like, okay, now I think it also brings about a certain level of vulnerability because let's say you and I decide to go into that venture. Mm-hmm. We then have to get into the nitty gritty about, okay, Lynette, what's your credit like? Yes. And then credit speaks a lot about somebody's spending habits. Yes, like, yes. I'm sorry, if your credit is 200, yeah, there's no way, you, you can tell me anything, but I'm gonna be like, fam, fam. <laughs> yeah. It's Maybe when you get to 600, let us talk. But, you know, so even just having that conversation about what's your credit like? What's my credit like? How much money do you have saved? Which is why this whole money conversation is so important because like if we're even able to have those conversations where we can talk about, I I strongly believe that we'll be able to come up from like wherever we're at, you know? Because when you think about it, I don't know, you you lived in Toronto, right? Like Mm -hmm. I heard this rumor that Brampton is pretty much like- Brown people brown people yeah and that's because yes but but like and and then living in kenya one thing i saw because a lot of brown people that live in kenya as well because of i guess colonization yeah yeah the english colonized india and then they sent people they sent indians to kenya to build Mm -hmm. kenya so there are a lot of like fourth generation indians that live in kenya Mm -hmm. but they're also like the richest in kenya because like their culture is like they build things together Mm -hmm. right so like they'll buy a house together and then it'll be like grandma grandpa uncle uncle's wife no grandma grandpa their three sons yeah will live there and their three sons and their do- their yeah. wives will live there yeah. and they like everybody's living in this one house mm-hmm. but then what what like what what's happening is that because they're all living in that one house they're all contributing they've cut down their expenses significantly because they're saving the extras imagine if they all bought their own five houses like it just be so they're saving money by living in this one house and then eventually their money grows and then they pass down that generational wealth right because they've been able to save all this money so 
I see that and I'm pretty sure that that's how Bram- Brampton is probably started off exactly like that and now you have pretty much a whole suburb of Toronto that is mm-hmm. considered for yeah. brown people but we don't have the same thing for, for black people like you won't find like a neighbor like unless it's like Jane and Finch where it's like oh gosh <laughs> you see as you're saying that too I'm thinking there's a level there's this element of culture mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. in all of that mm-hmm. so if you if you see like if if you, we were to drill down on you know the Jewish culture the Indian culture the, the Chinese culture whatever they would you would find I believe you would find like an element of their culture right mm-hmm. within mm-hmm. like you know, it's maybe maybe it's very family oriented, like keep mm-hmm. the people in, and all of that. Mm-hmm. I think with the black community, I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna say it, but I feel like within the black community, colonization mm-hmm. has played a huge part. And slave trade. And slave trade, uh, a huge part in the way we think, mm-hmm. and then and 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 even bringing in the distrust, right? It's mm-hmm. played a huge part in it. Mm-hmm. Like we have Togo and Ghana. Mm-hmm. Togo, you you can be standing on one side, you can be standing in Togo, you can be standing on another side, you, you could be standing in 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 Ghana. Mm-hmm. Where was how did that line of demarcation happen? Colonization. Those, yeah, those those people, those old white men. And the where was it? I think it was a Berlin something. They decided it was a scramble for Africa where they yeah. decided, oh, yeah, we're just gonna split up Africa. We're like, just gonna split it, like right here. Done. You can be standing yeah. in Ghana right there. You can be standing. It doesn't matter if it's like a village. We're just gonna split it. Split it. <laughs> what happened in Rwanda? Mm-hmm. Right? Hutus, Tutsis. Still to this day, they don't trust each other. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. They, the distrust was 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 brought up. And then the people who 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 infiltrated and you and and made up that distrust left. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now you you're stuck with the people mm-hmm. that look like you, but you can't trust them mm-hmm, because somebody mm-hmm. told you not to trust them. Mm-hmm, so I'm gonna mm-hmm. argue that that this it has a lot to play, like colonization, mm-hmm. slave trade, and all of that has is that melting pot that has made up what we are as a people Mm -hmm, right mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so it's like now i can't trust you because maybe masa told us not to trust you or Mm -hmm. created this rhetoric that i can't trust the next person beside me right Mm -hmm. so that has been played out constantly down the generation um so i mean even when you think about tribalism Mm-hmm. that's within i'm sure there is some tribalism in you know india china and all those people places that we're talking about but we're talking about our people within mm-hmm. ghana the next tribe can't marry the next tribe or you know affiliate themselves with the next tribe because <laughs> of me. something that was 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 made up <clears throat> uh generations past mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right oh you can't trust this tribe because uh, they they deal with juju. You mm-hmm. can't trust with this tribe because they are this or that, right? Yeah, so sure. this is passed has been passed down from from grandmas, great great grandmas down 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 to us. 
Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. so that's where the subconscious now comes in. You're yeah. doing it without even thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? You're, You're now right. thinking, like, I mean, Congo and Rwanda, right? They have, that, that friction is there constantly. Mm-hmm. So as soon as somebody somebody says, I mean, let's use marriage as an example. Congo, Congolese is marrying a Rwandese. Parents are automatically thinking, oh my gosh, what the heck are you thinking? Mm-hmm. This is what happened. Mm-hmm generations ago right they may not use that exact example but they were affiliated with something to make to deduce to the fact that you can't marry that other person that yeah. one girl because yeah. whatever you know what i mean yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. i i think it plays such a huge role within mm-hmm. our community so that crap mentality comes in if mm-hmm. you're moving up i have to bring i have to bring you down to my level because you can't be at that level mm-hmm, without mm-hmm. us all being there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, I mean, those are just like the nuances that I'm thinking about. Yeah. Because yes, money is such a, it's, it, when money comes into the, the conversation, it changes, it shifts, it shifts the it whole does. conversation. It does. And it shifts like, it shifts attitudes and it oh, shifts yeah. mindsets because now you're like, you have to be on guard, exactly. you know? And I wish it weren't the case. Like, cause like for me, I'm like, man, I really want to just start like something with a bunch of black women. Like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. let's just come together. Actually, you know, funny enough, um, you know, the concept called Susu? The yes. concept of Susu, yeah. yeah. So, so, so for those, I don't know what Susu is. It's essentially you come together with a group of people. It's a way, it's a mechanism to help you save money. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you come let's say you have four of you or let's say 12 let's say 12 people to make it easy um 12 people come together and they decide every month they want to save a thousand dollars so that by the end of the 12 months you've saved up twelve thousand dollars so what will happen is in those 12 people let's say january is lynette so in january all the 12 people will give a thousand dollars to lynette and so lynette will have $12,000 in January. Mm -hmm. Then Z is now in February. Then all the 12 people, including Lynette, Mm -hmm. because sometimes Lynette will decide that she doesn't want to give anymore. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Everybody will then give the $1,000 each to Z. So then in February, Z will have $12,000. And then it goes on month and month and month until the end. So some some girlfriends and I decided to do that because we wanted to try. We're like, listen, we we want to save money. Let's try with each other. And it was, I think for me in the beginning, I was like, man, I've never done this. Because every time somebody has asked me to do susu or some form of money saving mechanism, I'm just like, fam, I've heard really bad stories. Where somebody has left the susu, they've taken all the money and they you don't hear from them. I'm like, you know what? It's a level of trust for sure. Yeah, there's a certain level of trust. And I was like, I'm gonna trust you girls because we were in cell together. We came up together. I trust you guys, let's do it. Yeah. And we did it, you know, we started off small. We're just like, okay, $100 a month, like, you know, but we did it and like we did, I think we did it once and then I had to come up because I had other plans for my money at that point, but then they did it a second time. Mm-hmm. And it worked out perfectly fine. Every time of the month, it was time to send money. Nobody was late. Everybody got their money on time. And I was like, oh, so this can be done with black women. You know what right, I mean? It can. Like, and it's, 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 it takes a level of trust, takes a level, a level of, of vulnerability, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, mm-hmm. coming to the level, 
that discipline in your mind that yes. I am going to do this. I'm not going to be that black person yes. that they say exited the susu and <laughs> left the money. Left and every time door. you see them, you just give them side eye like you are the one that collected the money and didn't. Because mm. th- if mm. this is the hill you're going to die on, like I'm so- <laughs> like you know. This is the, the hill you're going to die on, so you can lose all your friends. You can you're going to lose all your friends on account of of you not bringing yeah. some money. Like you know what I mean. So I right. think it's a level of of discipline to be like, hey, and and vulnerability and you know trust to be like these these are my girls. Like you know what I mean. These are mm-hmm. my friends, and mm-hmm. I love them, and I really want this to work, right? Uh-huh. And uh-huh. knowing that. And, and love too, right? Just saying, be like, hey, like I, I really want this thing, this thing to work, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then going for it, right? Mm-hmm. So it's possible. It's just that yeah. when I think when you start with that skepticism and you start with the distrust, that's when it gets a little funky because you, mm-hmm. you, you, you've already started off on the wrong foot, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. If you start mm-hmm. off on the wrong foot, everything down the road is just going to go bad if you know yeah. if you don't want to do it don't do it like, yeah there's that extreme and then there's the extreme of like i want to do it i have the discipline for it i have the trust i'm mm-hmm. thinking about it i'm thinking about you guys i i i, I i'm i'm looking out for you guys mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then doing it right so yeah. it can be done i just think that um it's there's so many elements and when the elements are removed from it and mm-hmm. it's just you and the person, the people that you're doing it with and have being on the same page, being on the same footing. I think it's possible for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I think, and, and all of this for me, all of this is because like, I think as a community, we can do so much more if we just work together. You know, like if we just decide, like if we want to buy like if we want to be Wendy's and we want to own a whole bunch of Popeyes, like the way Wendy's is controlled by like the brown community. Yeah. We can just decide if we just decide to come together, all of us, if like everybody will be elevated, That's you it. know? And I think uh, it, 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 it pains me so much. It's like, we can just, we can actually do it. Like, it's not as if, if and I think like a lot of times like, well, it's because we don't have the money. It's like, no, we have it. It's just because we don't know who has it, number one, because we're not talking about it, right? And we're all just assuming that everybody either doesn't have or those that have, we're not really sure how much they have or we don't want to bother them. And so we have there's that secrecy where we don't want to talk about what we have and what we can do. And because we don't talk about it, we're all trying to be millionaires all by ourselves. By ourselves. You know? Yeah. Whereas it would just take, it would be a lot quicker if we just came together <laughs> and decided to do it that way. And it's like, if even if like you came together and you're like, you know what? I feel like even that certain level of distrust, if there is that level of distrust, bring in the lawyer. Be like, let's, okay, let's just get a lawyer. Let's, let's draft it. Let's, let's just draft, draft it. it on paper and then let it be. And then if something were to pull out or something were to happen, be like, well, it's here on paper. So I love you, but this is business, you yeah. know? we move on but mm-hmm. i think the reality yeah. is you need to come into right because i feel like especially when you're doing it with friends that those emotions start mm-hmm. are, are in there right so when you're doing it with family those emotions are in there so that's why mm-hmm. it's so much easier to do it with somebody you don't know and draft it on paper and be like fam this is business like yeah. 
on yeah. paper. I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't know you like that. Like, yeah. you're yeah. not good like that. So and you don't risk losing the relationship. Exactly, you don't risk using the, losing the relationship. Like when, when it comes to people you actually, you genuinely love, that element of emotions is there. You're, mm-hmm. you're kind of trying to walk walk around each other tiptoe around each other because you feel like you're going to you you stand the risk of losing your your relationship right and you mm-hmm, don't want mm-hmm. to do that because you were friends before you were business partners right so those level those emotions also are taken into account by the same time you want to you want to do something with your friend like you know what mm-hmm, i mean like it's just mm-hmm. so much easier you jive better you you know you this so i think there's just so many juggling elements when it comes to like when it comes to money yeah that once you get to like the basics and you're understanding what is it at play mm-hmm. constantly i think i think it's easier to mm-hmm. do right so yeah this is a really interesting conversation actually <laughs> yeah, it, yeah it was like it was i think yeah. about it um yeah, yeah. anyway thank you guys for listening and we have a couple episodes about this we're gonna talk about like now that we've just sort of like um, opened up the can of worms to talk about why we we as a community are struggling financially we now want to give tips on how we can get out of debt how you can budget even investment tips like we're not obviously well okay so i work in the bank and i worked in the financial industry for a while um so i do know some things Lynette knows some things because she also has money, so she knows some things. <laughs> and we're gonna get we're gonna get um, a banker by God's grace to come and talk to us as well about some things, some secrets in the financial industry yeah, that we should just think about. Right? Yeah, so things to think about, or even just not even just think about, but act on as well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so, because like I know we're wrapping up, but just like something as simple as just like opening up a TFSA, like a tax-free savings account. Mm-hmm. You know, like. For me, that's almost like a no-brainer. Like, just open one. Like, mm-hmm. you're not gonna pay taxes if you save money in that account. Like, yeah. just do it. You know, yeah. it, it'll be great. <laughs> you know, <laughs> or if you have kids, like, now we're at an age where you you can actually start to plan for your kids' financial education. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, so start putting money aside. But yeah. all of that falls back down to the basics of budgeting that's and it. debt repayment. So we're going to talk about that. Let us know if you have any questions. Um, We're open to it. Uh, And uh, you can find us on all the socials. Once again, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, our blog. And YouTube. YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) We always forget. (laughs) We always forget YouTube. But here we are filming each other. We forget that it's actually YouTube. Yeah. So until next time, guys, thank you again for tuning in. Bye. 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 <laughs>